It's going to be short, but that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Glenn Straub did not come through for us and sell the casino as we requested. Yeah, what a bastard. Howdy, this is Monday, September 25th, 2017, and this is episode 57 of Do For A Win, the Atlantic City and Casino Biz Podcast. I'm Kyle Askin, joined, as always, by Craig Stone. What's good, Craig? Happy to be here, as always, uh, ready to talk about the very little news we have since last time we were here. All right, six days ago, the last time we recorded, surprisingly, or not surprisingly, there hasn't been all that much that came out, but I think we've got some content for you guys today. Um, because we went to the casino. We did go to the casino, but, uh, I think it was just worth getting this extra episode out given that it's going to be a while before the next news episode. So yeah, are you going to, this is your sort of fare- sending fare- off farewell. Yeah. That sounds too permanent. It's sort of a, you're going off on hiatus. It's my last day. Yeah. But you know, do, do for a win incorporated. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what's going to happen, right? Yeah. Is- Glenn Straub is going to sell revel tonight after we record no li- like literally <laughs> mid delivery <laughs> while your child is being born the news will come out that Trav is selling revel and You're like sorry honey i've got to yeah. go Something and that it's <laughs> and that it's opening tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> yes uh it's gonna be great yeah sounds I likely look forward to that happening Sounds like a highly probable scenario you've laid out for us. Yeah. June 15th opening. <laughs> 2015 or whenever that first got suggested. 2016. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It was a long time ago, though. It was. Feels like a long time ago. All right. You want to jump into the news? I don't expect this to be a very long episode, so we can just dive into it. The news or our trip or our... Tri- yeah, our trip report. It's kind of disingenuous to call it a trip report i feel it was about two hours but two good hours though all right let's just get into it so so craig came down to maryland this week or last weekend so on friday night me and him went out to the local casino to here and here is laurel maryland for those of you who are interested uh, where i live now and where craig grew up ironically enough even though we, did yeah, we didn't know each other until, <laughs> until college. So, yeah, you came down on Friday night after your daughter went to bed and my son went to bed. We went to uh, Maryland Live up in Hanover. Which I think so, is actually just called like Live Casino now, which is confusing. Mm-hmm. But the website is still MarylandLive.com. So I'm going to call it Maryland Live until I'm told otherwise. So this, this was my first time being at Maryland Live in quite a long time, probably in three or four years. Yeah, I don't think I've been since 2013, so quite a while, and that was the only other time I've been, and that time I think I put 20 bucks in a slot machine, and that was it. Like, it was just well, too crowded, and I couldn't... Were there even table games then? Yes, there were table games. Okay. I remember noticing that the blackjack rules were very good at that time, but the limits yes. were like $50. So, we'll we'll get to that So soon enough. Just just for the people who, who are a little curious about the casino history in Maryland is... Um, we didn't of have the, them, and then we did. Right, we, did, we didn't have them, and then we did. And of the kind of newer run of brand new casinos built after it was legalized, Maryland Live was the first that happened. 
Was and it, it, actually, it was before Hollywood? Uh, oh, which Hollywood? The one. The, the one by... is in Charlestown in West Virginia. No. But there's one in Perryville, which is yeah, Perryville. very small. Yeah, it's tiny. And, yeah. Doesn't not even count. Really. No. Yeah. I mean, so when I'm talking about the Maryland casinos, I don't count Ocean Downs, Perryville, or Rocky Gorge, which are the three casinos we have that are all very, very small. Um, so the three main casinos are Maryland Live, MGM National Harbor, and the Baltimore Horseshoe. And Maryland Live was the first one to open, and it opened before table games or poker were legal. So when it first opened, it was only slot machines. And then... I don't know, six months or a year later, table games became legal. And so it opened up. So table games opened up as soon as it was legally possible at midnight on whatever night they became legal. And then I think poker opened up a few months after that when that became legal. So it was the first of the big casinos in Maryland. Um, So, yeah, but when it all first opened up, the rules of everything were fantastic. Um. Which but, is interesting because there's no competition. There, yeah. <laughs> I, I'd i have to do a little bit more research on it, but I suspect it may have been mandated by the state. They might have been a bit stricter about what the rules are. Because even last time I was at Maryland Live, there was no such thing as, as 6 to 5 Blackjack or anything. So I, I wonder if when MGM came in, they kind of asked for a relaxing of mm-hmm. the rules and regulations. I mean, because some stuff still happens. Like, you can still surrender it at all the Maryland properties. So, which is something that you don't really see in a whole lot of places in either, well, I think in almost nowhere in Atlantic City. I think only the high limit room of the Nugget allows it only if you ask. Yeah. And in Vegas, it's even pretty rare now as well. I mean, yeah. at least on the Strip. I mean, perhaps downtown, it's a bit more. Yeah, even five or six, well, eh, maybe seven or eight years ago, you could find it on the strip if you knew where to look. And I think now it's just really hard. But I haven't been in a long time. There was like three tables at the front of Harrah's that were awesome. There were the three, like three or four, three to two tables with Surrender. Yeah, Monte Carlo used to have uh, Surrender. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm assuming they don't anymore. Somebody who goes to Vegas more often. Because those, those, it was like four tables, right, when you right near the main main entrance out on the strip at Harrah's and the rest of the tables in the entire establishment pretty much were six to five with just horrible rules. So it was very strange. Yeah. But last time I was in Vegas was three or four years ago. So I don't know if that's still the case. It's been four years for us, man. It's a long time. It has been a long time since I went at least once a year and more often two or three times a year before that for like eight years in a row. Yeah. We're messing up. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be that soon when I go back either. (laughs) Yeah. Given that, unlikely. Uh, I'm gonna have a another baby very soon. Two kids under two. You don't think you can swing a trip? Say like <laughs> yeah. I don't know, maybe six weeks, eight weeks from now. Well, it depends. Only if episode sixty live from Vegas, <laughs> live from Las Vegas. Yeah, uh, I'll run it by Megan and we'll see. Yeah, ask and record it when you ask, just so we can see the reaction. <laughs> just, just yeah. That'll actually be episode sixty. <laughs> <laughs> At least my wife is a lawyer, so I think that she wouldn't find the divorce proceedings that difficult. To get <laughs> It'd be more of a challenge for me. Yeah, that's not good. That's not a good thing. She has experience with litigation, so. Mm. Um, Do not want. Anyway, Maryland Live. So, yeah, we both hadn't been in a very long time. Uh, and it opened in 2012, uh, so I think both of us were there within the first like year or two that it was open and haven't mm-hmm. been since. 
Yeah, I was there probably two or three years ago I've been there, but for whatever reason, I don't really... I didn't really remember it that well, but I remember feeling pretty fondly about it. And I always thought it was a perfectly nice casino that, like Craig said, the limits were a little bit high, though they have come down, uh, both at or both because of the opening of the horseshoe shoe and then even more so after MGM national Harbor opened. Um, so the limits are a little lower, but I don't know. I wasn't wild about my Maryland live experience. I think I would have rather just gone to the horseshoe. Yeah. I also prefer the horseshoe horseshoe seems a little more manageable and I don't know if it's just that it, I mean, it is a smaller casino, but it's also split up over two floors. It doesn't feel as jam packed with, uh, machines and then Maryland live to me. And I think I said this to you, uh, feels like it was designed by somebody who had never been in a casino before, like the casino floor of Maryland live, where there are these weird pathways that you sort of gravitate toward, but then you miss whole sections of the casino. Like I felt like there was a whole weird sort of triangle that I didn't even make it through because it's almost like a tree. Like you walk through the path and it just branches off into like Y shapes and you enter like these sort of dead zones where I was like looking at it and I was like, I know I can get there. Like if I just walk through a sea of machines, but there's no like path really leading me to that, which is kind of strange. So I ended up in like the same places over and over again. And I like walked around the whole casino multiple times. Cause I ended up looking for you when you were playing uh, <laughs> craps, which we'll talk about later, but with no cell phone signal. And that's another big complaint is like the cell phone service there is just atrocious. So it's really hard if you need to get in touch with somebody. Like not only is it just this insane maze where like if you were to tell somebody that you're playing blackjack, that is actually like not helpful at all because that could be anywhere in this weird like snaking table game area. Like they're just table games sort of strewn about like a ribbon of table games throughout the entire casino floor. And like... There's blackjack all over the place. There's Pygo Poker in various locations. There's a giant Baccarat section of just Baccarat tables. And so, you know, describing to somebody where you are over text, if you can even get service, uh, is difficult. And then the most likely outcome is that you will receive that text five minutes after you leave the casino. (laughs) So, I don't know, like I... It's nice, like it's nice enough, but there's something about it that I just didn't really love, and I certainly prefer Horseshoe. Maybe it's just because it's familiar and it feels very Caesar's entertainment, and that's what I'm used to. So maybe I'm just a sucker and I'm totally in the ecosystem. Do you think there's anything Uh, to that? I think that you're a little bit unfair to Maryland Live. I don't think the layout is is that poor. Um, It's definitely, it's humongous. It's just this huge single floor that's gigantic. And it is a little bit intimidating, I guess. Um, I don't think I have the same complaints as you do about flow, but I'm probably someone who cares a lot less about that kind of stuff than you do as well. Yeah, so, I like to wander, so it makes it difficult. Right. I'm more <laughs> down to business. I <laughs> found a table, acquire a target, there. and go straight for it in the straightest yeah. line possible. Um. But no, I I do think that I also enjoy Horseshoe more. It's also a lot less crowded. I mean, I think it does way worse than Maryland Live as well. I think, think, honestly, I think Maryland Live does basically on par as MGM National Harbor, which is crazy. 
Yeah, and it's it was still packed. I mean, it was. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was Friday night. It was, it was incredibly busy. Yeah, like it was hard to find. Like, if you wanted to play a specific machine, it was hard to find a machine. Like, I like mm-hmm. Buffalo, and they had a bunch of like big Buffalo Gold machines. Could not get on one of those. They had a bunch of Wonka machines. Could not get on those. They had these new Pac Man machines that look kind of cool. That like the the cabinet for them looked like old. Uh, arcade cabinets which is pretty sweet couldn't get on those so it's very very crowded the popular games are very crowded table games i didn't think it was so hard to find availability in table games i don't know if you it, had a different experience I, I totally disagree so i was looking to play pike up over for a while i could not get on any of the tables which there were only four i think so it's not that shocking and i was looking to play craps for a while and i could not get on any of the craps tables oh, either yeah. there were yeah. like six full-size craps tables and they were all packed with people yeah the craps tables were all packed with people waiting um yeah behind they, it when i walked around insane i actually did when i walked by pie poker i think after you had already found your target um mm-hmm. there were a couple seats open at one pie poker table and they just opened another one so there's a totally empty 25 dollar right. poker table nice um i didn't sit down and play because i was trying to figure out where the hell you were <laughs> um and that took me a solid half an hour of just walking around. So, so what what did you do before we ended up meeting up? Uh, so, I played. Well, I signed up for Players Card. The Players Card deal they have is twenty five dollars in either free slot play or in um, promotional chips. So I took the slot play because with the promotional chips, you if you win, they give you. 25 bucks and take the coupon. Whereas with the slot play, I figured I, did, I didn't need the coin flip to get 25 bucks. I'd just get whatever percentage I got from the machine. And so at the end of this playing through the $25, I on, on a Buffalo machine, I had, I think like 18 bucks. And I was like, let me just see if I can get this up to 20 and then I'll cash out. And instead I got down to zero. <laughs> so I ended up with no, no free play. Um, my logic is right on taking the slot play there, right? Yeah. Okay. Of course. Just making sure. Yeah. Uh, so the other nice thing, and I just got the email today, is that you get a second $25 72 hours after you sign up if you provide them with an email address. So that's a no-brainer. But you have to use it within 14 days or something like that, or seven days. I think it's – I don't know. I think it's – 7, 10, 14, I don't know, something like that. I have through October 5th, I think, to use it. So I am not going to make it to <laughs> Maryland Live in that amount of time. So that sucks, but I guess I get a lot of slot play that I don't use, so you can't really. Drop, drop your card in the mail. Send it to me. Oh, I could. I, I'm give you sh- half of my winnings. Yeah. yeah, send me those $6 or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so I did that, and then I went and played some 7-5 Jacks or Better, which is... Uh, what seven times a seven to one on a full house. full house and five to one on a flush it's not very good no nine six is full pay seven five is about what i expected to be honest and you see that a lot of places in atlantic city uh there are other you can certainly find nine six if you look for it uh, you can also find six five if you look for it that's true so there was very little jacks are better which i was really surprised by like most of the sh- most of the machines were like Double bonus and deuces wild in one other game, and I 
haven't really practiced on those games. So even though I sort of like Deuces Wild, I don't really know what I'm doing. So I'd rather play Jacks Are Better even at crappy odds. I ended up hitting four of a kind and left up 20 bucks on Jacks Are Better, so that's fine. But it was weird that there's so little video poker, but it's not really that profitable for the casino, so I don't think they feel yeah, an incentive no, when that floor not. space could be used for things like Pac-Man Slot and Buffalo machines. Gold. Yeah. yeah. I agree with that analysis. So... So what about you? What did you do while I was wandering around and playing crappy video poker? So I walked around for a little while. Like I said, I tried to get on a Pygo poker or craps table. It just wasn't happening. So I just found a $15 blackjack table and I played at that for a while without really paying attention because last time I was there was three or four years ago. And then I got a blackjack and I got paid $18. Oh. And then I got up and left. <laughs> Rage quit. Yeah, the theme so, of our last two episodes. Reach with. Yeah, I was expecting my twenty-two fifty, and I did not get it. So, yeah, I looked at the felt. Sure enough, it said six to five. So, I was pretty surprised and disappointed to see that. And it looked like most of the blackjack tables were six to five. It so. Sucks. It's disappointing. Screw that. Got up, left. Was down like fifty bucks, and then I went to the. Uh, video craps terminal, basically. Which do you want to talk a little bit about that? Sure. So these are interblock terminals that are kind of, there's a big bar at one end of the casino, not all the way at the end. It's sort of, I don't know, middle end-ish. Uh, that's not too important to the story, but yeah. it's sort of <laughs> foot, description. this like football shaped bar and all the way around the bar are these interblock terminals. And then there's also a couple little circles of interblock terminals on either side of the bar. And on one side, they circle around a dealer dealing blackjack and a dealer dealing baccarat, right? And on the other side, they circle around this little tiny craps tub and a roulette wheel. And so if you're at any of these terminals throughout, they're pretty sp- sprawling and spread out, uh, so you can totally be playing somewhere where you can't even see where the dealers are. Uh, you can play any of these games at uh, you know, sort of a stadium style. And I don't know. Did you play more than just craps on the machines or did you play? I played a few hands of blackjack and baccarat while I was sitting there too. Was As... there a fifth game or was it just those? Four? There was six, six games actually. So you, you did get it slightly wrong there. Well, you were mostly right. So there was three stations set up. There was one that had two blackjack tables, one that had two baccarat tables and then one that had craps and roulette. So, oh, I, did, I missed one of the stations then. Yeah. You you probably was the one kind of diagonal across from where we were sitting, which yes. were both Baccarat ta- uh, okay. tables were over there. Yeah, just assumed the Blackjack Baccarat was combined because I saw those both on the machine. Okay. Yeah. So there was six games, but yeah, two of them were Blackjack and two of them were Baccarat. Mm. So while I was sitting there, I did play a couple hands of Blackjack and I, I did play a couple hands of Baccarat. So the interesting thing to me about the stadium craps, just from a experience standpoint, is it seems totally random who got to shoot. Like some, somebody <laughs> would just run up. Let's, At one time, there was like a little bit of a dispute about like who had next, right? And then the the pit boss had to kind of be like, no, not you, him. Okay, go ahead. And then they would roll a few times, and then the other guy would come up next. So it was kind of funny. And, and so they'd roll into this, it, like not even half size, like an eighth of the size of a normal craft table. It's, it was tiny. Uh, 
and there's like a plexiglass portion over part of it, I guess, to like keep you from to make you force you to roll like a little bit high above, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think so. So it's funny just to see that sort of scrambling <laughs> happen. And I don't know. It was interesting. Right. So, so just two comments on the, the actual crafts. Like Craig said, uh, getting to roll, it was in incredibly high demand. There was basically like these couple different guys that were very adamant at how badly they wanted to roll. <laughs> and so they were just rolling every time. And the dealers were kind of trying to keep some semblance of order to it, but they didn't really care. And then, so yeah, it, but- it was quite, they were quite adamant. And then the second thing, just one more thing to say is the dealers were like very insistent about both dice have to hit the back roll uh-huh. wall. And Which makes sense. When no it's roll. 18 inches. Away. A lot of times. <laughs> yeah. Because if you had a die that did not hit a wall, they would no roll it. Yeah. And we did see one guy roll a seven and they called it no roll because it didn't hit the back. Wall. Yeah. Like he immediately was like, no roll, no roll. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's funny. Um, it it was interesting to see somebody roll and between every throw of the dice would go back to their terminal, run to their terminal, and place some bets. Their terminal. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. literally run <laughs> and place some bets. I mean, most everybody who rolled was only you know three or four feet away from their terminal or ten feet away from their terminal. Mm. Uh, one guy was like sitting there eating a slice of pizza, like using his terminal as a tray to eat a slice of pizza, and then also would like run up and roll. It's kind of funny to see, um, but it was so it was interesting from that perspective. And so we played that. I probably played for, I don't know, half an hour, 45 minutes. You played. Yeah, I played for, for an hour and a half, probably two hours. Uh, so how did you do? I did quite well. I was up like, I don't know. What did I cash out? Like $700? 687 or something like that. I think yeah, I bought it for one, 100. So yeah. yeah, I was up $600 or something. So I, it took me a while to get my bets in before the thing timed out. Right. So we should, so let, let me describe how betting worked at this terminal. So the blackjacks were $25 minimum as was Baccarat. I didn't look at roulette because I'm not playing roulette. It was probably $25 as well. And craps was $25, but it wasn't a $25, like a normal $25 craps table. It was, you had to have at least $25 of bets out at all times. And it was a $10 craft stable. So it was sort of like roulette. Like, you know how roulette normally is. You have to have at least whatever the limit is on the inside for it to be a valid bet. And so the what I was doing for the most part was I was waiting for a point to be established. So I wasn't betting on the come out roll because I didn't want to have $25 of bets out for the most part on come out rolls. Because either I'd have to make a $25 pass line bet or... I'd have to make like a $10 pass line bet and then like a $15 CNE bet, which is just horrible. Or I guess I could have bet some hard ways and stuff and turn them all on or place some numbers and turn them on. But that feels like a really weird thing to do on a come out roll. Yeah. So what I was doing is I was waiting for the come out roll to happen or and a point to be set. And then I would bet the come and I'd place the six and the eight and I'd put a dollar on the hard ways or something like that to make sure I have enough money out there. So it was strange because it was like roulette rules of how to make sure you have enough money out there and not normal crafts rules. Yeah, I found that pretty weird. And as someone who, you know, I've talked about 
not quickly grasping the math behind things. It took me a little while just to master, like, sort of how quickly you could even press the buttons. Like, I was, like, dragging chips to places, but no, you can just, like, touch uh, the just, chip denomination yeah. and then touch the place on the table. So for the first few rolls, I, like, didn't even get my bets out in time. And then there were a couple rolls where I was like, okay, I'm going to put 12 on this, place the 6 for 12, place the 8 for 12, and then what do I want to do with this extra dollar? And then the time would run out. So then it would be, like, no bet because it wasn't $25. So... Probably out of the first six rolls when I was, or throws of the dice, when I was sitting at the table, sitting at the machine, four of them were, were didn't get bets in time, had no action on them. And then two of them, I got in my like 12 bucks on the six, 12 bucks on the eight, and threw a dollar on a hard way. Usually like if the point was an even number, I just put a dollar on that as a hard way. And then... Uh, seven out immediately on that <laughs> on that roll. So, so I was very quickly down whatever like thirty something dollars or fifty something dollars. Uh, so that sucked, but I managed to come back and win a cool fifteen bucks because a couple of people had reasonably long rolls. I hit my hard way and tried to press it um, on the advice of Doctor Mike. So doctor's orders, but then he didn't hit it again. Um, so I had $8 on it and I figured like, you know, you know, what's more fun than $8 is $64. So I left it up there. It's, it's Craig's gambling advice for the day. $64 is greater than eight. It's your math lesson. <laughs> I'm, make, I'm making the Neil deGrasse Tyson face right now. Yeah. There's a badass <laughs> over there for your $8 hard way yeah. bet. Uh, yeah. So when I won, when I hit the hard way, I was like, Hmm, dollar hard way is not very exciting. Is it? <laughs> No, <laughs> like I feel like you should Certainly be more, not. more excited than that. But it was so that is one thing that kind of annoyed me about it is like I feel like I'm sort of just throwing my dollar away. Like I'm just putting it there because I have to. Like it almost feels like an ante, although you, obviously you can win. It's not. Why didn't you make a comeback? Because then you like odds on that. Then I'm going to end up with like a hundred bucks out on the table, which is like yeah. this is stadium gambling. Like I should have less on the table than I have. Worked out well for me. Yeah, it did work out very well, and it would have worked out pretty well for me after the first after i finally figured out the touch screen <laughs> um you're such an old man i know mm. uh luddite when it comes to craps so the thing that i thought was the funniest was as i left i was like oh that was kind of you know right in my zone of things that i normally like right like low roller place the you know i only had 25 bucks out there at a time and then i very quickly was like well i could do that at any normal craps table like, I don't – it's just a $10 minimum table, which is they have a ton of in Atlantic City. So the only reason I was playing there instead of any other craps table was, well, one, we couldn't have gotten on a craps table. Right. That, that was the reason I was playing there. But also because craps tables in Maryland Live are $25. So Also, so I could play blackjack and fuck at the same <laughs> right. time. But I'd much rather be in Atlantic City playing $10 on a real table yeah. than playing this weird version of this. And if, and if I'm at a $10 table, like, that's not the way I'd play. Like, it was fine. I guess if I – I guess if if I learned one thing, it was like, oh, that's a really like slow roll way to play craps if I want to play it that way. But which which I guess is useful because there are times when like other people want to play craps and I kind of stand around and don't play. Like I could do it that way, but I'm, I didn't love it. I guess sometimes I'm just antisocial and that's yeah. I'm, less I'm surprised that than... I, I would think that this would be right up your alley. I'm surprised you did not enjoy your 
stadium. But it's not a low limit. Experience. The thing, I mean, sure, I like the touchscreen and stuff once I figured it out, and I like that style of stuff, but it needs to actually be a low limit. Otherwise, there's no real benefit. The benefit is, like, non, not having human contact, which is fine. Like, yeah, sure, that's a benefit to some. I don't know. I wasn't feeling it. I'd probably play it again if I went back, mm-hmm. just because I think it's a more fun option for me than $25 craps, but... Yeah, I don't know. I didn't love it. I didn't love it. I initially was like, yeah, that was cool. And then I was like, was it? Was it cool? So just to hop in and follow up on what we were talking about earlier, I just did look it up. And I can confirm that the state law did change in Maryland when MGM National Harbor opened so that the casinos were allowed to set their own blackjack odds. And it was mandated by the state to be three to two before that. So it was in December of 2016 that they were allowed to switch to six to five. Thanks for nothing, Maryland state legislators. MGM National Harbor. So the so one thing that's still a law in Maryland is that you can't provide free drinks to your gamblers. So <laughs> that That is a law. That is true. Do you know who they're protecting? No. You, bars. the gambler? Bars. Oh, really? Yes, yeah, bars. Yeah, it's the bar lobby. Interesting. So it is not, you would think that like, hey, maybe that's something to make sure you don't get fleeced by the casino when you're drunk or something but now it's the bar lobby that said it was uncompetitive to them to allow you to get free drinks instead of going to a bar to get wasted uh, i don't know i think people would pretty quickly realize that drinks are pretty expensive yeah on the tables but a- anyway uh yes there are no free drinks in the state of maryland it is banned and even when i was diamond in the diamond lounge still no free drinks though oh, they sucks. were deeply discounted uh so one thing, they do have servers coming around and you can order from them. But mm-hmm. when we were playing interblock craps, uh, actually in, when I say interblock craps, that sounds like they're bubble craps. When we were playing the stadium craps, I didn't even see a waitress come around. So I didn't see. Was there a button on the machine that we were supposed to hit? I don't think so. I didn't see it. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think I saw any either. But also the, the rolls happened so fast that it was like, well, I'm not going to run up and get a drink. And Mr. Yeah, Roland, the rolls like, are leave very, very my fast. money in the machine. Like that didn't seem like a good idea. So I just mm-hmm. sat there not drinking. I don't know. You were driving. Yeah. Uh, so I wasn't a fan of that. But just to bring this back around to Atlantic City, if they had this these stadium machines in, say, Tropicana, because they were the ones to bring in Jack Jack, so I feel like they're the most likely ones to do it. Would you have any interest at all in doing this? Thoughts? No, not not <laughs> if there was better options. I mean, and though I was joking, and you know, I was playing some blackjack and some baccarat along with craps at the same time. It's not the same or as good. I'd rather just play at a table with people. Yeah, I mean, it'd be one thing if the limits were really low. Like if it was five dollar craps. Yeah, I don't really care about that though. I do. I'd be on board. Yeah, with I mean, that. I, I'd be totally I, I on board sir. with like three or five dollar craps. But at ten or worse, twenty five, like no, don't care. I mean, it was 10. It was yeah, it's a basically lot cheaper 10. than anywhere else at Maryland Live. Right. Where I think there was a $15 craps table, only one, and the rest were 25 and they were all packed anyway. Right. But if, I mean, if it was to come to Atlantic City, it would not be the cheapest craps table. So, right. and would actually be like effectively more expensive because a $10 craps table in Atlantic City, actually you can play with only $10 on the table and this one you have to put on 
$25. So. Right. But yeah, I mean, I'd do it if it was really low limit. I don't really see... Do you play the Pop-O-Matic craps at Wild World West? No, I've never played it. Really? So, How have you never played it? I don't know. I, just I feel didn't. like I play it every time I go there, and I yeah. don't even really like it. Yeah. Uh, no, I haven't played it. I've played it the last few times I've been there. So, yeah, maybe, I don't know, I say that I'll play it, but I haven't played the Pop-O-Matic crafts, so... Yeah. I mean, you play a lot of slots, and I never play slots, so right. I suspect that's... This is your slot replacement? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Sure. But, no, I'd rather be at a table. Anything else on Maryland Live? Um... No, just that I think if you'd asked me before I went, I'd be like, yeah, Maryland Live is probably the, well, certainly not the best. But I, I think I would have said it was my favorite Maryland casino, but I hadn't been there in a few years. And now, having been there again, I would say it's actually probably my least favorite. So, yeah, I think I'd rather go to MGM than Maryland Live. And I do not, especially like MGM National Harbor. So, But Horseshoe's your favorite? Yeah, I think Horseshoe's my number one right now. Yeah, I haven't been to MGM, so I can't really compare, but I definitely liked Horseshoe better then. Yeah. And, Plus, uh, you can park yeah. for free there for Orioles games. Yeah, I think which is it's always where I park when I go to Orioles games. I think they charge now, but I'm not entirely sure. No, no, they charge for Ravens games. Yes, I thought but they the started Raven, charging. The Ravens but... Stadium is a lot closer than the Orioles Stadium. That's you have to correct. walk around the Ravens Stadium to get to Orioles Stadium. Yeah, it's a hell of a walk to the Orioles Stadium, but people it's pretty far. Don't but it's also that. free. Yeah, and which, you get to gamble before and after the game. If we've established anything about you, it's that you're willing it's, to walk. That's what I like. And also gamble. I'm, I'm one, willing to walk, and two, like to gamble. So yep. it's right up my alley. All right. Anything else about Maryland Live? I think we can move on. It's not a very good casino. I don't see any reason to go to it. Yeah. I mean, it's the closest thing to your house and my parents' house. It certainly is. But I really don't. If it's between not going to any casino when I'm home for a couple nights and going to Maryland Live... I might just choose not going to any casino. Yeah. Which is, that's not a good thing for them. No. But they don't need my business. They're packed. Are you really a man who likes casinos for the sake of casinos, though? Yeah, I'm more like casino towns. Yeah, yeah. I think you like Atlantic City more than the casinos in Atlantic City. Yes, that's absolutely Or something. True. Yeah. Correct. So yes. that doesn't surprise me. No. Okay, should we talk about Boneyard Barn Grill? Which I think you've... <laughs> you you can talk about. I told you before the show. I've never heard of it, so, yeah. so I will bo- have no input on this. <laughs> Boneyard Bar and Grill uh, is on Virginia Avenue. It's a block or so out from the former Taj, soon to be Hard Rock. It's closing on October first. They didn't really provide any reason, but posted on Facebook saying uh, October first they would be closing their doors. I'll link to an article by Ryan Laughlin in Atlantic City Weekly. They hosted a lot of local musicians there, so it was kind of unique in in sort of in terms of their entertainment because a lot of other places, you know, like Wild Out West may have local musicians, but it's all cover bands. Like they actually had live original music at Boneyard. Uh, it's also small and local, so that's a pretty big contrast to what's going to be a block and a half away at the Hard Rock <laughs> in May of 2018, assuming that opens in time. But uh, if you want to say a last goodbye, if you really enjoyed the Boneyard, they will be reopening for the weekend of October 6th and 7th just to do a farewell event. I think they're going to have live music and stuff, but uh, Boneyard Barn Grill, one of the 24-hour joints in Atlantic City, is closing next weekend. So only a week left, and then they're returned for a farewell farewell event. Okay. So should we talk data? Um. 
Yeah. There's a report by uh, the Lloyd Levinson Institute of Gaming at, at Stockton. And I believe it was two or three weeks ago. The Atlantic City story actually had one of the authors of this report or perhaps the author of this report on the show to talk a little bit about it. And basically it tries to be a holistic look at how the Atlantic city tourism industry is doing, uh, by looking more at than just by looking at more than just the gaming data, which is what most people care about. Um, and it looks at three things. It looks at the, the parking fee to Atlantic city, the lodging fee. And what is the third one, Greg? So it's revenue generated per room, non-casino revenue generated per room. They call it Atlantic. Uh, right, right. Yeah, it's not. Yep. Atlantic County non-casino Revpar mm-hmm. is what it's called. So I don't know. It's I, don't, I guess anything other than casino winnings. So non-casino revenue. Yeah. So basically looking at that, uh, the tourism data in Atlantic City looked good according to this report, which... To me, I mean, I think it's fine. I, you know, that we both believe that, or at least I believe that Atlantic City is, in fact, doing better on the tourism front. Um, I don't know. What thoughts do you have about this? Yeah, I mean, it, certainly good is better than bad. Like an increase is better than a decrease. So, the parking fee stuff is, and the the lodging fees are broken down by per hundred rooms, um, or, and per hundred spaces. So that was up ten percent for parking fees and 8% for lodging. Um, the revenue generated per room was up 8%. But I guess my question is like, yeah, these numbers are great, but obviously comparing to the first six months of 2016, Taj was involved and it was like Taj in the death throes, not making very much revenue at all while also being a giant casino with a ton of rooms and presumably a ton of parking spaces. Mm-hmm. So, you know, removing all of those rooms and all of those parking spaces from the equation, and we've seen Atlantic City generally keep most of its gaming revenue, which presumably would also relate to most of its non-gaming revenue, like it would retain most of that as well if, if it's keeping its gaming revenue. Um, that sort of put a little damper on it to me, and... Also, when you remove 2,000 rooms from an ecosystem and retain all the gaming revenue, that means that demand is going to go up <laughs> on the remaining rooms. But uh, I guess if you're a potential investor, like Hard Rock probably looks at these numbers and is reasonably satisfied uh, just because room, re- room rates going up is a good thing, right? Parking fees going up sucks for all of us, but casinos make more money on it. So how, so how is room rates going up a good thing, but parking rates going up is bad for consumers? Well, yeah, room rates, room, room rates are bad for us also. <laughs> they both come out of the consumer's pockets, right? Right, unless you're copped. Um, well, I don't, I don't see the difference there. Right, no, obviously both of those things are, are bad for the consumer, but good for the, uh, right. good for the casino. So, yeah, I mean, if you're an investor, great. If you're a, a consumer, if you're going to gamble, not great. But I guess you can spin it in the positive light and say, like, hey, this is better for the long term of Atlantic City if you're interested in things like that, like we are. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's good. There's some data that backs up the way we feel beyond just the gaming data. So, 
I don't know. I don't have anything else to say about that. No, I think everything else is just a few little hard rock updates. You know, nothing really blowing us out of the water with hard rock or like really shocking, but just a few little things happened. Should yep. I plow through yeah, them? Yeah, just dive right <laughs> in. Uh, so the Press of Atlantic City, actually Nicholas Yuba from the Press of Atlantic City posted a video of construction crews demolishing the fountain that was at the valet entrance of the Taj. So I'll link to that. Um, I know some people who really liked the Taj were sad to see that go. I didn't really have any feelings one way or the other about that fountain. Like I never parked at the Taj and never really saw that fountain. I don't know. I don't know if I even walked by it other than just like, I probably only even saw it from like a bus window or something. So, so that's one piece of news. Uh, any thoughts on the fountain? No. <laughs> I mean, I know you're the one that was really like, we need to go see them take down the minarets <laughs> and like, this is a huge deal. Yeah. See, this isn't, but this is like something that's tucked away down a road that you wouldn't drive down unless you're actually going to the casino. I want to see it like being deconstructed where you drive into the city and you're like, holy crap, what the heck is that? Uh, that is still a ways off from happening. If it ever happens, it may all just be covered in scaffolding and you'll never even notice. Uh, Bob I in the Facebook group um, was actually in Atlantic City this past weekend and said there's now fencing up all around to the Hard Rock Complex. The casino floor is totally gutted. Uh, there is also now a Hard Rock Casino employee entrance sign. So that's the first external sort of hard rock logo on something so oh you know other than the old hard rock cafe <laughs> uh so that was kind of cool to see he posted a picture i'll link to his post in the facebook group yep. you, d- you do need to be a member to see it so if you're not a member right. just request uh to join that's our version of the paywall except it's free you just have this to is it. yeah craig's plot to yeah. uh drive more members to our facebook group yeah we're over a thousand members so that's pretty cool <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's interesting because for a long time, even after it closed, the casino floor was still like all the machines were still there and you could look in the windows and it was like, they could turn the lights on to this tomorrow. I mean, there would still be mold in in the rooms, but (laughs) the casino floor would be working. Uh, so now they've totally gutted that and good to see that. Glad we have some people posting pictures in the Facebook group. So thanks to Bob for posting that. Very cool to see. It was a, it was a cool picture. Yeah. Seems like a lot of members of the Facebook group are in Atlantic City right now. Yeah. Actually. Uh yeah, it does seem that way. There have I been guess. a raft of pictures today from around the town. People taking advantage of the hot weather, the late yeah. It af- is quite quite hot yes. on the East Coast now. Summer's over, but it's still ninety degrees, so Yeah. Might as well go to the beach and get some gambling in. And then the last piece of hard rock news is that Scores, which was a strip club in the Taj Mahal. Uh, claims that it has the right to stay open once the Hard Rock opens. They say that their lease is, whatever, still active, and they should be allowed to continue if they want. Kind of reminiscent of all the... All the rebel restaurants. Yeah, restaurants and nightclubs that said that they would still be open, um, or still be, or should at least be given the option, which, you know, Glenn Straub was not really happy about. Not a fan of. (laughs) Uh, So (laughs) we're seeing that again. Hard Rock is now filing a suit. Uh, has filed a suit claiming that Scores actually missed a deadline in 2015 to get a five-year lease extension. So its lease has actually expired, or at least so they claim, in June of 2016. 
I'll link to a Spencer Kent article from NJ.com. Uh, scores actually closed a few weeks before the Taj closed in August 2016. I don't know how much their early closing would affect their ability to argue they should still be open. I'm sure a lawyer will argue. Well, not at all. <laughs> uh, they did stay open after their lease allegedly expired, right? So. Yes, that's true. Uh, so who knows where that will go. Surely this is a pay-them-to-go-away situation. Obvi- Hard Rock seemingly has absolutely no interest in them continuing in any way because they actually said uh, that scores would hurt Hard Rock's ability to open on schedule and operate without impediment or potential denigration of its brand. Uh, so I don't know. We I've talked about how I like the Hard Rock brand, and I'm a fan of it. I don't know how much... But the if there was really, scores there, you would not like the Hard Rock brand anymore. I, it would it would damage it. It would I would say denigrate the brand. <laughs> uh, no, I don't. I don't know. I, I mean, yeah, I guess it's a, it would be a little weird because Hard Rock Hard Rock Cafe is a place I used to go when I was like fourteen. Because <laughs> scores wasn't no, although it was probably a place that I would have been really excited about if it was. Yeah, like, that's true. <laughs> Uh, so there's I don't never know. Be, be a time in your life where you'd be as excited about that as when you're 14. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I can't imagine that this ends up being a serious holdup when hard rocks pumping $500 million into the property. But I guess yeah, I can't imagine that this ends up affecting anything. I'm sure that either hard rock will feel that this is entirely without merit and then they'll let it proceed. Or if there has some inkling of merit, they're just going to pay them and they'll go away. Yeah. So, yep. Uh, so that's pretty much it. There's some question as to whether or not they can actually open in May. Cause it's a very ambitious construction timeline now, but I guess right. we'll see as it starts to progress. Yep. So that is it for the news, but, I just want to take this opportunity to uh, thank you guys again for listening to us. It means a lot to us. And although we won't be back uh, quote unquote live for probably around a month or maybe even a little more, we we do have some content for you guys. We'll have a couple episodes that are going to come out on my break. So Hopefully you can look forward to that and hopefully we'll start live episodes probably back up in early November ish. Any thoughts, Craig? No, just good luck with the baby. Hopefully everything goes smoothly and you don't have too many crazy crying nights. Although I know that's a hope that will go unfulfilled. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, my first was a pretty good sleeper, which probably makes all of the parents that listen to the show angry, but well, may you have more of that. Yeah, hopefully. Um, But again, thank you guys very much. And we will be, I guess, back live in in like a month. But but we will have, we do have a couple episodes, or we'll have a couple episodes recorded uh, for the interim. But if you want to reach out to us, you can do so at facebook.com slash group slash do for a win. Uh, You can find our content at do for a win.com. Find our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, and what's going on with YouTube, man? You haven't posted in a while there. Yeah, my iMovie's broken. i got to figure out what to do about that. Permanently broken? Seems like it, so I might have to just go to a different computer to do it. Mm. Uh, Reach out to Craig on Twitter at DoForAWin, or send Craig an email at DoForAWin at gmail.com. Yeah, so even though we're not recording, I'll still be active on all those things. I'll try to even be more active in the Facebook group to keep in touch with everybody. 
Yeah, since, well, I'll probably be in the Facebook group too. Uh, but thank you guys again, and we look forward to, to talking to you in around a month. Yep. That yep was totally unnecessary. Yep. <laughs>